scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. Uh, you can follow along in the bulletin or on your phones or uh, just listen. When I come to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the testimony of God to you with superior speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear, in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were made not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak with wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are being destroyed, but we speak God's wisdom, a hidden mystery, which God decreed before the ages of before our glory and which none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even in the depths of God. For what human knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within. So also no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them. And they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I have my sermon on my phone. I hope that is not distracting to anyone. Will you pray with me? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My name is Reverend Ari Douglas. They, them pronouns. You may call me Reverend Ari, Rev Ari, Pastor Ari, or just Ari. Uh, if you really feel the need, you can call me Reverend Mix Douglas, eventually Reverend Dr. Douglas, but that's not for a bit. Uh, and that's super formal, so we don't really need to do that. As this is the first time many of us are meeting, uh, each other or in, uh, in person or uh, even at all, I thought that I would use my first few sermons to discuss my theology and my perspective on how I think church should work. I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I hope that I have some of them and will be helpful for you, not just in getting to know me, but in living a life centered 
on the love and justice that is preached by Jesus. And I think to put it in another way, loving God and loving neighbor. For today, the biggest lesson that I hope that you get out of this is it's not about me, it's about you. I'm not going to ask you to out yourself, uh, but I can imagine that there are at least a few of us, I don't think I'm alone in this, who have experienced rejection at some point in our lives. Um, and perhaps you have heard the words, it's not you, it's me. Uh, the most important people in the sanctuary, the most important people that are part of the church, the most important people who are showing the world what Jesus' love and justice looks like, that's you. That's not me. Obviously, there are reasons that brought you to bring me here. And there is certainly excitement, I think, about Lauren and I being here. I don't want to discourage that this, in that excitement. Uh, but I want you to hear as, that as exciting as it is for us to be here, as overjoyed as we are to make Portland our uh, new home, hopefully for the next 20 years, maybe longer. <laughs> it is the congregation that is important. Most of all, it is the relationship that you have with each other and that you have with God. And I believe that one of the best ways of having a relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit and through Christ crucified. The scripture for this morning uh, talks about Paul coming to the people in Corinth with fear and trembling, as opposed to speaking in mystery and with lofty words. The trembling and fear, as the common English Bible phrased it, I stood in front of you with weakness, fear, and a lot of shaking may, um, uh, may point to his concern that the reception that he was going to receive was going to be a little less friendly than this is. Uh, now, it also reminds me of the movie Dogma. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Dogma. It's uh, rather sacrilegious in many respects. Um, but it's also the movie that I liked to turn on when I was struggling on writing a paper in seminary, or even now when I'm struggling to write a difficult sermon. I just like to put that on and have it in the background. Little encouragement. Uh, in the movie, George Carlin plays a Catholic cardinal. And in reference to a campaign for a new face of the Catholic Church, Carlin's character says, for example, the crucifix, while it has been a time-honored symbol of our faith, Holy Mother Church has decided to retire this highly recognizable, yet wholly depressing image of our Lord crucified. Christ didn't come to earth to give us the willies. He came to help us out. He was a booster. And it is with that take on our Lord in mind, that we've come up with a new, more inspiring sigil. So it is with great pleasure that I present you with the first of many revamps of Catholicism. Wow! Campaign will unveil over the next year. I give you the Buddy Christ. While I'm not sure that uh, we want the Buddy Christ, 
uh, to be the symbol of Portsmouth Union Church. I do think that a lot of Christians want the fluffy aspects of Christianity without being willing to embrace what Paul was preaching. Jesus crucified. I admit that a lot of Paul can be difficult. Or rather, that a lot of people's perception and preaching of Paul can be difficult. There are people who have turned the words of Paul against aspects of our community, and that's absolutely not acceptable. I also think it's unacceptable to not understand and embrace that following the crucified Lord can be very, very difficult, even though it's very important. When we preach, the, when we preach Christ crucified to the world, we acknowledge a Lord who was lynched, even in a world where lynching of brown, black, and queer folk still exists. If we're going to preach that our Lord was crucified, then it means that we must act as well. We must push to make changes in the world that, so that no one, no one is killed in a similar manner. It also means that we must acknowledge where our institutions have failed or have even taken actions that are harmful to communities at risk. And we must call them to account, to call them to change. Ultimately, it seems to me that Paul indicates that it is within the Holy Spirit's power to cause change. The change that is necessary in today's world and the change that was necessary in the people that Paul was speaking to. In the Jewish annotated New Testament uh, by Amy Jill Levine and Mary, uh, Mark V. Butler, it is stated that the Spirit is identified with wisdom which encompasses the depths of God, and that due to this, the Spirit relates to God as ideally one's spiritual life relates to one's understanding of the self. So if we know the Spirit of God, then we know God. I think this should encourage us to seek a better understanding of ourselves, both a higher level of emotional intelligence but also to understand our thoughts, dreams, and the things that get us angry and worried as well. In activism and organizing, one of my key questions to people, to understanding people, is what makes you mad? What makes you so mad that you cannot stop thinking about it, that it's become part of your life? And it seems to me that one of the things that keeps PUC angry is the lack of affordable housing for people in Portland. And that has brought you to pursue the very vital mission of low-income housing and food security for unhoused neighbors. In the work that you have done in, the, in these ministries, I see the Holy Spirit at work. Gordon Kaufman, uh, who wrote In Face of Mystery, said something along the lines of the Holy Spirit is best seen in the movement of the people. And that's something I deeply believe. The Holy Spirit is among us because it is where you are taking care of your neighbors and where you are taking care of one another. And yes, where you are taking care 
of Lauren and I. One of the times that I felt the Holy Spirit strongest was in the love and support that I received from a friend when I was dropping off my son to be with his mother after my son had spent a week with me. I felt like a terrible human being because I had forgotten some really important things for him. And I was at a very, very low point in my life. Then the thought occurred to me, God loves you. So who the heck are you to hate you? It is in Jesus crucified that I know that God loves me. Not as some weird sacrifice, but so that God could reconcile God's self to me. That God could make me understand that no matter what I go through, God has been there through humiliation and crucifixion and death. Even if I receive that, God has been there and is alongside with me. So even when I'm facing terrible things, and this is not a terrible thing, I know God is with us and will be with us in the future. This isn't about me, though. This is about you. So please know that no matter what you go through, God is there with you. And God will be there with you. And God has been there with you. And that God loves you, and so do I. Amen.